podcast broadcasting to Harry Potter fans around the world for more than 11 years. Join Terence Pinkston, Bailey Riddle, Luke Hogan, Gretchen Rush, and Alex Lohman as they take the wizarding world by storm. This is Hogwarts Radio. Stay classy, Hogwarts. This is Hogwarts Radio, episode 260 for April 12th, 2020. Hogwarts Radio is the official podcast for wizarding news from HPA&A, brought to you by Drawbridge Media, discussing all things related to the wizarding world. Catch up with previous episodes of the podcast wherever you're listening or by visiting hogwartsradio.com. Welcome to episode 260 of Hogwarts Radio. I'm Terrence Pinkston. I'm Bailey Riddle. And I'm Alex Lohman. Our show can be found anywhere you get your podcasts online. It doesn't matter where you listen, just be sure to click subscribe and you'll have a new episode as soon as it's released. Follow Hogwarts Radio on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to get in on the fun with other listeners and fans of the series. And join the Unfoundables, an exclusive companion to the podcast. Get Unfound today at patreon.com slash unfoundables. Thank you for joining us once again for another episode of our Teenager of a Podcast. Well, what a time to be alive. Something serious black cannot say. Uh, oh, tea. Too soon. <laughs> this week, we're joined by special guest Carly Knorr. Welcome to the show, Carly. Oh, thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. Now, we have to get the formalities out of the way here. So we do have to ask you, what house do you identify with? I identify as a Gryffindor. And that is also where I was placed on Pottermore. If I had to say anything, maybe maybe like a Griffin Puff. There's a little bit of Hufflepuff in there, I think. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. I see. Gryffindor, the one true house. I love it. Uh-huh. I love it. <laughs> uh- <laughs> it's okay, Alex. We still recognize you. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're turning up the heat here. <laughs> uh- uh, Carly, what's your favorite Harry Potter book? So my favorite book would definitely have to be The Sorcerer's Stone. It always takes me right back to a really special place. So does that coincide with your favorite movie? Ooh, not so much. <laughs> 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 that movie is dated. Watching it back now. Um, favorite movie? Probably Prisoner of Azkaban. I really enjoyed that one a lot. Um, I was really excited after I had read that i was probably most anticipating that movie coming out favorite character Ooh, luna i love luna yes she's so special oh, <laughs> i just want to be your best, best friend like <laughs> favorite class you know the classic you gotta go with defense against the dark arts that's that's a standard what is your patronus it is a hound what oh. i didn't know that that's awesome yeah <laughs> so cool mine's a chow chow yours is way more badass Chow uh, chows are cool too. What are you talking about? <laughs> big fluff balls. Yeah, you're, yours is the they're dog. tough fluff balls. Though. <laughs> yours is the dog that looks like a bear, Alex, and mine's an actual bear. <laughs> is it? That's so great. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yours all have legs, guys. I feel left out. What's yours, Bailey? Mine's a dolphin. Oh, yours is super smart though. Mine's like yeah. a big dog. <laughs> And I love the ocean, so it's appropriate. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, our Patronuses are dumb. Gosh. Um, 
<laughs> Never mind. What's wrong with a bear? Uh, a bear's just so generic. That's my problem with it. Like, why couldn't I have something cool? I mean, now I, I complain about this all the time. I, I don't need to, but uh, I'm just saying. Like, why couldn't it be something cool? You know, like a velociraptor or something. You know? <laughs> I don't know. That was Pixie. totally an option. That, I mean, was I, it? you never know. And maybe, <sighs> I should, maybe I should ask J.K. Rowling. I mean, she is more active on Twitter nowadays. Maybe she's more prone to answer my question. Yeah, she's got time. She's, she's yeah. just sitting in quarantine ready to tweet, though. Oh, I hope she's writing. I mean, it's she did tweet out uh, earlier today mm-hmm. that she is writing. <laughs> so that makes it. And oh. she's and she says it's wonderful. To, I, I forget the tweet, but it says like uh, it's wonderful to escape to uh, an imaginary world or something like that. And I'm like, oh my god, more Potter content, and I almost lost my shit. But <laughs> like, <laughs> but like that made me really excited that she is writing in a fantasy kind of world because she is a master world builder. But anyway, enough on that. We do have an unfoundables update on the unfoundables we are sitting down to discuss what dolores umbridge would see in the mirror of erised oh mm. just a couple of news stories to get through you know guys i'm gonna have to start billing gretchen for us doing the news i mean because i know it, she just left us hanging she had to go buy yeah, a house how dare she move and... in the middle of a pandemic yeah i know get engaged all these big life things goodness come oh. on Jeez. Not allowed. No, never. <laughs> well, the first really big piece of news that we got out of this past week is J.K. Rowling revealing that she had COVID nineteen symptoms, although she wasn't tested, and she has fully recovered. Now, uh, this is from the two tweets that she had sent just a few days ago. She says, "Please watch this doc from Queen's Hospital explaining how to relieve respiratory symptoms." For the last two weeks, I've had all symptoms of COVID-19, though I haven't been tested, and did this on Dr. Husband's advice. I'm fully recovered, and technique helped a lot. Thank you for all the kind and lovely messages. I am completely recovered and wanted to share a technique that's recommended by doctors, costs nothing, and has no nasty side effects, but could help you or your loved ones a lot, as it did me. Stay safe, everyone. And then she tweeted a link out um, to that, I guess he's a doctor or respiratory therapist uh, in this breathing technique. But, I mean, the big piece of this is that, wow, J.K. Rowling could possibly have had this thing. And that is very scary. Yeah, I think it, especially for fans listening, there's a lot of ways in which the reality of how aggressive COVID-19 is kind of impacts us all. Um, You know, whether we know family, friends, our our family members, ourselves, you know, it's left no person, no corner untouched. But I think if you've been somewhat removed from it, like I myself, um, you know, knock on wood, my family's been okay. I've been okay. Um, And my family stretches in California and in Florida and in both states, we're doing okay. Um, But when I heard this news, I was like, wow, you know, like you hear about world leaders, you hear about all this stuff and you're like, oh, okay, whatever. And then you're hero and you're like, oh my God, Joe. Um, And so it was just one of those moments where it's like, wow, it. It really doesn't care about who you are and and what you bring to this world. It, it could happen to anyone. Yeah, I mean, that's really, you know, the scary thing, I guess, is it doesn't matter how affluent you are, how able you are to self-quarantine, because obviously Joe doesn't have to go out and work every day. She can just sit at home and be safe. And if she still was exhibiting symptoms, uh, you know, what's that say for the rest of us? <laughs> 
Oh, that's terrifying. My heart goes out to Joe and anybody else who is potentially experiencing this illness or these symptoms. It's just, it, it really could happen to anybody. And it's, it's good that she put that out there to let people know that it could happen to anybody. But do you think it's maybe potentially a little bit dangerous that she was recommending certain treatments? If she hadn't been tested, yeah, I mean that's that's the scary stuff, right? Well, that I mean that that's the same thing. <laughs> that's the same thing that's happening right now in our country. Of certain people recommending certain things that have not been tested um, on this virus. Yes, she, you know, it's possible that she just had a, a respiratory illness, or that she had the flu, or that she really did have COVID nineteen. We really we we don't know. Um, and yeah, I, I do feel like it's a little bit dangerous dangerous to maybe do something that could potentially hurt you um, and that she probably should have been tested. Gosh, I'm having a hard time reconciling yeah. this question. <laughs> no, it's it's I mean, just because if she's not a medical professional, you know, and so people are so terrified right now already. I think that it good could come from that. But also I would hate for people to see that and and maybe become even more afraid or more concerned with what they may or may not be experiencing themselves. Because, you know, right now we are in the middle of just flu season in general and allergy season. So a lot of people are experiencing colds or flus that aren't COVID. And it's it's kind of hard to differentiate, especially with all the hysteria, you know. I do agree with you, Carly, that like putting out information, it sounds like it was from a somewhat reputable source, what she was putting out. But I, I do agree putting out information about treatment and whatnot we've seen has had very drastic mixed results. I kind of want to commend her though, for at least coming out and saying that she was exhibiting symptoms and she possibly had it. Cause I do, I think there's a tension right now of people talking about their symptoms, talking about their experiences versus trying to hide it. And it's, it's interesting because we see so much saturation of news and survivor stories and all this stuff. But I still think that there's a good section of the public that doesn't want to talk about their symptoms. They don't want to admit that they had it. So I think it helps when people like Joe come out and start talking about, Hey, like it happened to me too. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And if anybody could, that needed to see that to to maybe reflect on their own symptoms or symptoms of a friend or family member and just to kind of take that in and rationalize and say, hey, this is real. Even somebody I look up to on the other side of the world potentially is going through this. Then if that's what came from it for that person, then that's then the tweet did good. Well, and, you know, you have these these people in the public eye who aren't talking about it until after they've recovered. And I completely understand that. I mean, you off the top of my head, Joe and um, the singer Pink both didn't come out and say anything until after they had recovered or at least passed through the worst of their symptoms. And it makes complete sense. I mean, when Tom Hanks came out and said that he and his wife had coronavirus, I was terrified that Tom Hanks was going to be taken. (laughs) So... You know, it's it's nice that they're not letting the rest of us get into a panic over it just because they are experiencing symptoms. Let's go ahead and move on to the next news story. Uh, this one is a sensitive topic that we have discussed before, and not in particular this news story, but just what you know surrounds it. Ezra Miller is in hot water 
for choking a fan. Now, this is from an article over at Screen Rant, which we'll reference a couple of times in the discussion. But the controversial video of Miller choking a fan first appeared on social media sites as early as April 6, 2020. Clocking in at just five seconds, it began with Miller talking to an unknown woman outside a pub. At first, the lady seemed to be joking around, making silly moves as she moved closer to the actor. Miller can be heard asking, did you want to fight? And simultaneously going for the woman's neck, slamming her on what appears to be a wagon behind her, and then subsequently taking her down. Everything happened so quickly that when the lady got off balance on her way to the ground, the people taking the video started shuffling while some of the boys can be heard calling Miller bro in concerned voices as if asking him to stop. This is not okay absolutely not okay um and i am appalled at ezra miller for doing this and i've always defended ezra miller in the past for controversies that have surrounded him but to actually seeing him do this um takes it to a whole new level yeah i mean i i don't want to speculate on this because i feel like i don't know the whole story behind the video i mean it's it's a convenient portion of it perhaps um but either way whether it's joking whether it's play it's real it's not smart for anyone to be joking around like that let alone someone who's in the public eye and who a lot of people look up to i mean ezra miller has a huge fan base so it was not his best moment you know and i also think um you know one any depiction of of violence no thank you um two you know, in the context of Johnny Depp of Fantastic Beasts as a franchise, uh, we have had a few issues now with depictions of violence, domestic violence um, in this universe of the Harry Potter or in this faction of the Harry Potter universe. And I will be interested to see um, what the response is going to be from both Warner Brothers and Joe, because they took a very firm position supporting their casting choice of Johnny Depp, supporting him through everything. And, you know, we later learned that there was a lot more to that story, things that came out in a subsequent civil suit for Johnny Depp. But I, I will be interested to see kind of what the response is. But I am also just a little bit surprised, and it's something, Terrence, um, that we've been chatting about in our Slack chat that it's just this isn't this isn't being talked about and i actually you know i know you have some thoughts but i think it's definitely something that the fandom should be talking about and i noticed that jk rowling has been tight-lipped on this now whether or not she has seen this or not we don't know whether or not warner brothers has seen this or other cast members have seen this we don't know what we do know is that the fandom has seen it um and there are sources in the fandom right now and i i am i am going to pull back right now on calling anybody out um for sake of number one giving these resources a, a an opportunity to report on the facts uh as they have them um that being said i, I don't want to wait a long time uh, on this i don't want to sit on it for a while because we all know we we all can see what happened in the video um and like i said it's not okay that that even a depiction of violence against a fan much less a a a woman is anywhere near being okay but it's not being called out uh by certain resources 
um, J.K. Rowling for one, um, and that I will call out. But um, the other ones, I'm going to give them the opportunity to report on it. And I, ju- I just feel like it's a discussion that needs to be had because if this was Johnny Depp, they were all over Johnny Depp. You know, Johnny Depp was, you know, oh, he was, you know, he was the wife beater. He was abusive. He was, you know in the wrong in everything and amber heard was in the right and the media was all over it but people are saying oh well maybe ezra didn't mean it or i'm confused at the context no that doesn't make it okay what what you see is what you see there's no context don't read into it the depiction of violence against women is never okay and especially by somebody in this fandom that holds the status that ezra holds Should this be the end of Ezra Miller's career with Fantastic Beasts franchise? As it stands right now, I would be very hesitant to ask him back. I definitely have very strong opinions on this topic. Um, I I talk every once in a while about what I do working with kids, but the specific demographic of kids I work with are kids who are involved in human trafficking. So violence against women, violence against uh, kids, violence against, you know, just in this sense, like a pure fan, even if a fan's being reckless and saying you want to fight, like, oh, whatever, like, welcome to teenagers, welcome to young adults at this point. They all walk up to each other and say rap like that. Um, and so in that sense, I know that my opinion is very strong. Um, and I know that my opinion is definitely filtered from what I do. But this is also how I felt about Johnny Depp. Um, I really did not support um, J.K. Rowling's decision to back him. Even after the subsequent civil suit where he made allegations against Amber Heard, there were a lot of things that came out. I still disagreed with him continuing in the franchise. Um, So I'm nothing but consistent in my opinions, but I know my opinions are definitely stronger and they come from a certain perspective. And I know I'm probably a dissenting opinion on that, but that's, I, I would lean towards asking him to leave the franchise. I would. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Ezra's work and he is a great actor, but, when you have so many things going against a series first with Johnny and now with Ezra, potentially you only get so many passes. And I feel like they, if anything used up their path with Johnny Depp and not doing something about that. So while I love him in fantastic beasts, it's probably in their best interest to do something about it. It's just so baffling. I mean, I I just saw the clip of this right before we started recording and I just, I can't understand in what context he felt he needed to make this action towards anybody but especially a fan. There looks to be a lot of room surrounding him. He could have walked away. He could have backed off. He could have, there's clearly other people there. Somebody was recording it. Maybe he could have looked for help. I just, you know, who knows what was going on in that moment with the other person or in his head. But right now, and maybe it's still very soon. I don't know if he's made a formal uh, statement about it, but it just, it looks so completely unnecessary. And I don't know how he'll get out of this one. I mean, it, there's certain things you just cannot come back from. Uh, according to a report from Variety, the altercation took place, and this is from ScreenRant.com, took place on April 1st, 2020, 6 p.m. at a bar in Reykjavik, Iceland. Based on the graffiti-covered walls in the background, it appears the fight happened at the back entrance of said bar. An eyewitness reveals that it all started when the actor was confronted by some overeager fans, which included the woman in the video. Miller started to lose his temper, particularly at 
the said lady, and the next thing they knew, the incident already broke out. The actor, who was already upset with what happened, was then escorted off the premises of the bar, which he typically visits when he's in town. Well, at the very, very, very least, Ezra was not social distancing, and for that, I am judging him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was just thinking that too as he was reading the dates out. I was like, wait, April 1st? Why were bars open? What's why was anybody out anywhere at this time? Iceland needs to get their their stuff in order. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I, you know, that the story kind of comments on the fact that there were a lot of like overzealous fans and you hear celebrities talk about the loss of boundaries and personal space and, and all of that and getting frustrated. And have there been moments where I have lost my ish and wanted to react that way? Sure. Um, Have I done that? No. And I think you take on a specific responsibility when you take on the ownership of public life that yes, we as a fandom should respect boundaries. There is, there is that halfway that we have to meet people, but when you are dealing with fans in particular who are not going to respect that, like, you know, let's quote Michelle Obama here. When they go low, we go high, like do not stoop to that level or don't, don't ramp it up. I mean, even in the context of that article, I still I still can't get behind what happened. I just can't. Yeah. And I do like that point of, you know, as fans, we need to make that meet that halfway to kind of be very aware of our behavior. If we happen to see or meet one of our uh, favorite celebrities, um, you know, that's, that's totally valid. But from an actor's point of view, you know that you are playing a role and creating this massive fantasy world, especially coming into the series when he did, you know, this has been such a long standing fandom. I think like you have to, you have to have known just how intense it is, not justifying like if a fan is getting too out of control, but I mean, you have to have that, that moment of realization, you know, like the fan is totally caught up in this fantasy world and is just so excited that maybe their actions are coming out in the wrong way when they get to see somebody that they look up to from that world. But I mean, not to say that actors aren't just normal people too and are capable of being overwhelmed, but to a certain degree, I mean, you are as an actor taking a big part in creating that world for them. And you have to understand that some people maybe aren't as discerning between character and real person. Is it too late in the franchise for them to recast his character? Ooh, that's a hard one. I think he's very recognizable in that role and it would definitely complicate things. I couldn't agree more. Um, And we're just going to have to wait and see if Warner Brothers does make a statement because, for God's sake, they need to say something. They need to make a statement. J.K. Rowling needs to make a statement because we can't just sweep this one under the rug. With as divided as our fandom is and as dynamic as our fandom is and as as passionate about things as our fandom is, this, over time, it will create more division. Um, And as they start to ramp up production and go back to work, 
for Fantastic Beast 3, well, it's just going to be an issue. You can't just put a Band-Aid over it, pretend it's all better. There has to be, they have to address it. All right, let's move on to the next news story. Cursed Child Productions are suspended at least until May 30th because of the COVID-19 crisis. Um, to be expected, yeah. Sure, uh, Broadway's taking a big hit right now. Um, I was reading an article today, um, and I forgot how much in revenue that it's lost, but it's t- it's taken a tremendous toll on um, just Broadway shows in, in general, not even in New York, I mean, all over the world, because, you know, everything has just grinded to a halt. I wish Gretchen was here tonight, because Gretchen is also a big Broadway fan, but so is Carly. Carly's a big artist and theater fan, so um, I think... We've all been kind of watching uh, theater and Broadway and art take a huge hit. But um, I've been seeing a lot of uh, tweets out of the the production company from Cursed Child. And it does, especially at the plays like Cursed Child, Hamilton, big plays that people have waited for so long to get tickets to who have had years of planning. My heart just breaks um, because it's the magic of theater. It's art. And I think if there is any tiny, tiny silver lining out of all of this, it has shed a light on how important art is um, to get us through and how integrated art is into our life where a lot of people are like, oh, you're just an artist, you're just an actor, you're just a writer or whatever. We're not getting by without Netflix, without blogs, without books, without music, without podcasts. I mean, it's an artistic endeavor. And so Am I really sad? Yes. And I, my heart breaks for all the actors and the production teams out there. But if there's one small thing, it's that it's truly shown our community how much art means to us. I couldn't agree more. I really hope that once we are able to collectively, everybody safely move past this, that we can keep this in mind, this, this, importance on the arts and to truly appreciate that in some of the darkest of times when we needed that little bit of comfort to just pull through it we all turned to the arts we absolutely all did yes exactly that's the thing that's getting everyone through this and without the arts most people would be going out of their mind right now with nothing to do. So let's hope people remember. All right, Bailey, you do have a universal update for us, correct? I do. Right as we were sitting down to record our episode, I was checking my emails and lo and behold, I got a past member update from Universal Studios. Uh, They are announcing that they are extending the closure of both Universal Orlando and Universal Studios Hollywood through at least May 31st, including their theme parks and CityWalk at both destinations. Um, They are additionally reminding pass holders that as long as you paid in full at the time of purchase, meaning you're not a month-to-month, that your pass will be extended the number of days the park is closed. Now, I assume that if you are a month-to-month, you are hopefully, fingers crossed, not having to pay for your past membership at this time. I'm just still on board with Luke's idea from last week that the parks need to do growlers of butterbeer and all the Harry Potter brews as just a way to keep us going. I'm half kidding about that. But when we were talking about the park closures and when Luke said that last week, I was like, oh, that would be such a good idea if we could do it and do it safe. 
Like, I've always wondered what would happen if I brought a growler into the park and was just like, will you please fill this? And I've never wanted to do it just for the sake of carrying a growler in the backpack. And I don't think they'd honestly let you pass security because I tried to bring a candle in one time and they freaked out about the glass container. Why were you bringing Um, a candle? It was a bookish themed candle and I wanted to take photos of it in the theme park. So if you want to see the photos, check out my bookstagram at Riddles Reviews. (laughs) Um, But they, they are extremely against glass containers in the park Mm, yeah so i don't think that's gonna work (laughs) that's fair though i (laughs) that's probably a good rule (laughs) for yeah for everyone's health i mean i'm not gonna do anything crazy i had to (laughs) convince the person at the gate that i was not going to light my candle while i was in the park i was like (laughs) i don't have a lighter all i have is my candle and a camera (laughs) that's all i want to (laughs) do Look at my Instagram. I have like here. Please look at these photos. I promise that's just what I'm here for. I'm, I'm looking out. That's a great candle. <laughs> it just makes me sad that the I said this last week, but that the parks are just sitting there like closed and nobody's in them, and you know they're not being loved and enjoyed, and especially the Wizarding World. You know it's. Uh, it's just so it's it's kind of heartbreaking that no one's there to protect Hogwarts. I know that sounds kind of stupid, but like, oh, no, it's uh, not stupid at all. There's nobody it just there. Made me really sad. <laughs> it does like kind of uh, harken back to um, the beginning. Oh, I'm getting my books confused. Half Blood Prince, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Thank you. When essentially Diagon Alley is completely empty. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone else has seen this meme. It's kind of a a foot tangent here. Um, But a few people have sent it to me that is like watching our our life right now is kind of like watching um, when the ministry fell and like what life is like afterwards and the chaos and trying to sort it out. And as much as it's kind of askew, um, it does kind of adequately kind of capture like my emotions right now. And every time I see that, I'm like, yeah, actually that's kind of how I feel. Spot on. Spot yeah. on. <laughs> All right. Let's move into our main discussion this week. And this week centers around, well, something that we are probably all guilty of, uh, but I, I, I do feel like it's important that we should talk about it. We might have discussed this on the show in the past, but it's nice to revisit it um, for, I guess, relevance purposes. Now, I, I want to know, uh, we all sit here during this time of us being at home and on these stay-at-home stay orders. You know, we're all binging like Netflix. We're all binging... Um, you know, Hulu, we're watching our favorite shows, we're watching our movies, yada, yada. But I want to know, is it healthy to consume so much Harry Potter content? Now, think of the access that we have to information. Podcasts, fan sites, Twitter accounts, anything social, really. Um, Any kind of fan-generated content on top of official content channels how can this be a bad thing well first of all there's always burnout and it reminds me back between 
the film releases of Goblet of Fire and um, Half-Blood Prince. And I just so, not over, but just extremely burnt out on Harry Potter. I, I had consumed so much book content and online fandom content, and I did not read anything about Harry Potter. I did not watch anything about Harry Potter. I didn't even watch the Order of the Phoenix movie until after the Half-Blood Prince film came out. I was saturated with Harry Potter. Um, So I think it's just good to know your own limits almost. I mean, you have to kind of pace yourself and make sure not to overindulge. It's, It's like anything that you can consume, whether it's alcohol or it's food or it's, I don't know, other consumable things. You don't want to overindulge in your favorite things. But overindulging makes you feel wonderful. Harry Potter makes you feel wonderful. Uh, again, I, I'm i failing to understand how this can be a bad thing. So, Bailey, I got a question for you. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have that feeling after, it's like the feeling of mourning after you finish a really good book and you don't really know what to do with yourself afterwards and you go through kind of that momentary depression of like, what's next? All the time. <laughs> yes. So that is the exact feeling that I think people can have. And honestly, I have had, um, not just with books, but I think with the Harry Potter fandom, like I start, I started my reread, what, like two weeks ago. And I'm sad to say I still have like 10 pages left of Sorcerer's Stone. I just keep falling asleep at night. But then you pick your head up out of that world and you assess the world that we're in. And honestly, I think for people who can't just absorb themselves into the world so deeply. Like I can, I know I can. Um, that morning period, I think after realizing that you're not at Hogwarts, I, I don't know if I think it's an overly negative thing though, only because I'm such a huge fan of like bibliotherapy. I talk about it all the time, but using books as a therapeutic release, I do think consuming too much. Yes. Could be a lot, but I think bibliotherapy is super important. Um, so I see the downsides, but I'm, I'm pro do what gives you joy. Absolutely. I mean, it it really depends on each individual person. Some people could definitely feel the burnout and maybe pull away from it. And it's not the most beneficial thing for them to be absorbing right now. Maybe some people will get too lost in it and not be paying enough attention to the real world and staying up to date because this is very serious. And as much as we all want to run away from the news every day, we we got to know what's going on. But um, as long as you're doing it in a healthy dose and you feel good about it, you're enjoying it, then absolutely consume away. I Watch all the movies, read all the books. If you find comfort in that and that is what gets you through this, that's what that's there for. Now, what does binging content? Like I said, it's not just the books. It, it can it leads it stems from the books. The books are the source material. You know, it, it, you can binge content in the form of even this podcast. There are 260 some odd episodes of us, over 300 hours of us talking about this. It's easy to binge on Hogwarts Radio. It's easy to binge on other podcasts. It's even easy to binge on fan sites and other uh, fan-created projects. Now, what does binging this content actually do to you? Uh, There was an article over in Medium um, written by... 
Oksana Ternikova, and she says that information overload can man itself, manifest itself as brain fog and difficulty making decisions. In general, information overload is the kind of stress you feel when you consume more information than you can digest and more than it is needed to make a decision. Now, we've all felt that right with this series. Like there's there's just so much content that we consume, but we, we really don't process it all. We don't really take it all in. Um, what what effect does this have on you? <laughs> Extreme confusion. <laughs> I can tell you that if I go from watching the movie to reading the book to watching the movie to reading the book, I, the, the lines between what's film canon and what's book canon starts to get really blurred for me. And I'm like, wait, did that happen in the book? Or was it something that happened in the film? So I personally, I like to keep it like clustered and sort of, if I'm going to binge, I'm just going to binge the films or I'm just going to blitz through all the books, but I don't, I don't like to cross pollinate between the two, if you will. I love that term for this. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so, it's so true. No, I, I totally feel you there. If I'm reading, I'm just reading the series. If I'm watching the movies, I'm just watching the movies. If I try to do both at once, I am going to get myself terribly confused and might not be able to enjoy it as much as I could have. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I um, So in college, we had a Harry Potter course. Um, it was a brilliant course. I loved it so much. But we had to, at that point, um, book seven had not come out yet. Um, so, but we had a good chunk of films and we had six books. And we were consuming so much information via film, via book, via collateral articles. I mean, it just by the end of that semester, it was great, but I was also just like just a dried out sponge. I like didn't know what to do with myself at that point. But fast forward now, I definitely am in agreement. I do not like to cross pollinate. That is such a fantastic way to describe this. Um, I don't. What? <laughs> yes, I don't like to cross pollinate. So I'm just reading the books right now. Um, but I also think I'm probably the wrong person to ask about this because as I've gotten older, I really think. I have gotten really like a, not aggressive, but I'm pretty sure I have undiagnosed ADHD and I cannot do like one thing super intensely. Like I'll be reading a book and then like a breeze comes by. I'm like, Oh, like what's that? Like, I'm like a golden retriever and I'm just going to run. I feel like every episode I describe myself as a golden retriever, <laughs> but it's That's so like true. A thing. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So Terrence just chimed in that we have to call it cross potternate, not pollinate. Oh, and I am so better. into this. <laughs> Let's coin this term now. <laughs> so all you T, all you. What can pro- cross potternating do to you? What can it trigger? Like, can it trigger anxiety, you think? I think it could. Um, I think if you have fans who are very much you know like (laughs) i love you luke i love you so much but luke is very much like of the canon of the source and that's what makes him a brilliant ravenclaw and harry potter fan but i can imagine being a luke type fan and absorbing 
cross-pollinating um, between media content and kind of what Bailey was describing, trying to figure out what was canon in film and book and history and what was missing in the films and and all of that. I could see that being super overwhelming and creating anxiety. For me, I'm just kind of like, oh, I forgot that part was missing. And then I just like happy-go-lucky move on. Um, but I, I could see where it actually could create especially in the world that we're living in now when we're kind of so confined and we're already limited and there's just a lot happening to us. I could see little things like that becoming a trigger actually. Now out of all of the, let's say like out of all of the debacles that we've ever had, like in the fandom, and I know I've been around the fandom a long time. There's been a lot of stuff that this fandom has gone through. Is it possible that you can have not only from the ending of the books, but from the ending of the movies, from everything ending, right? From everything changing as drastically as it's changing, from all of the controversies that are coming out. Is it possible that you can have PTSD from the Potter series? Potter Traumatic Stress Syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) I mean, that might be a little drastic, but I I mean, I guess anything is possible. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't want to deny that um, experience if I'm sure somebody has potentially felt that, and that's valid if they have. Um, but I, I personally couldn't. Um, I, I, per- I personally would not say that I could imagine experiencing Potter traumatic stress syndrome. So, so I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this from a. a from a, a long time fan that if things are changing, right, it can, it can trigger, it can trigger things. I mean, even in our daily lives, if, if things change the way that we don't want them to, they can lift li- They can lead to different behavioral changes uh, within ourselves. It can lead to anxiety, depression, um, you know, other tendencies that, that you may be diagnosed with. And in the fandom, there has been so much change in addition to the canon uh, of the, I mean, I'm sorry, not the canon. In addition to, um, you know, what's gone on inside uh, of the fandom, like the fandom itself is always changing. And like me, I have a hard time kind of saying, you know what, I really like the way that things are used to be. Why did it change? Why did it go the way that it did? Why did it have to become something else what was wrong with it and i try to reason with that and i i cannot accept the change it's hard for me too and that leads to maybe a depressive episode because i long for what i used to have yeah you're kind of like mourning where you thought the story was gonna go and and the outcome you were hoping for yeah and i think when you phrase it that way terrence i 100 percent agree that people could have reactions. Um, and again, especially, you know, we're, we bring up this topic in the context of we're all at state under stay at home orders. We're in this unique situation where we all of a sudden have more time and we can binge and whatnot. And especially this type of an environment, um, can definitely produce more instantaneous triggers. Um, I know personally, for example, I, 
have never really struggled with anxiety all that much, but lately I feel the the physical symptoms of being anxious. And I know that's just because I, I work in a lot with mental health and I've talked about that before. And so I think, you know, watching things change and, and things that we consider home, that we consider so a part of ourselves. I mean, I think everyone on this podcast like would describe themselves as being genetically encoded with Potter. Um, and if things were to change, especially in this climate, I could for sure see people maybe having a changing relationship with Potter or with their favorite uh, series. You know, Bailey and I were kidding before, or we were talking before we started recording. Bailey was like, oh, I want to reread the Hunger Games series. So I haven't read that in a while. (laughs) And I think Bailey, the joke he made was I want to figure out how to survive the world. Um, But I wonder, I I was mentioning, I want to reread that too, but rereading a series like that in in an environment like this, when everything is changing, I wonder if it also could create some, not stress, but some different relationships with our favorite fan series and kind of the memories that we create with them. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, I've seen a lot of polls online in the, the bookish community of, you know, what are you reading to get through this right now? Are you reading romance novels to just ignore what's going on in the world? Are you reading fantasy novels to escape somewhere else where this doesn't exist? Or are you a masochist and you're reading dystopian novels right now? And so I really think it just depends on kind of knowing yourself and what you're in the mood for and what you need to get through this time. Okay, Bailey, good point. Uh, Now, Before we wrap up the discussion, would anybody like to share best practices on how to deal with information overdose um, and how we can enjoy, still enjoy the series that we love? Walk away. (laughs) Um, I mean, this actually just happened to me today, not in terms of uh, Potter, but just in terms of news. And that's something that we can definitely, I think is so easy to fall into. Um, you know, today I was watching stuff and I just feel like it's on loop all the time. And like I said before, I don't particularly describe myself as an anxious person, but all of a sudden I was just like snapping just at people. And I felt this really heaviness in my chest that I haven't felt before. And I realized like, Alex, you work in the mental health field put one and one together, you are, you're becoming anxious. So I literally just put the dog on a leash and I walked outside and I walked outside for like, um, I'd say like 45 minutes and socially safe, of course. Um, but sometimes you just have to walk away, um, and just leave your cell phone behind, leave all of it behind the stimuli behind and just be with yourself for a minute and the dog too, because dogs are happy, but you know, just walk away. Yeah. That's a really good tip. Um, I mean, even whether that's walking away from too much real world news content going on or too much escapism into the fictional worlds, I think you just need to kind of recognize the signs in yourself that something is becoming too much and really get in touch with yourself right now because this is the time to do it and to know how you're feeling and what's going to help you. Yeah, we definitely have to remind ourselves as much as we may enjoy any fandom or any activity, we got to we got to give it time to breathe so we can really appreciate it and so we can keep ourselves level-headed and moving forward safely. I love it. Yeah, take everything in moderation. We all want to eat that entire package of cookies. We all want to sit on the couch and and binge our favorite TV shows. 
But I think coming full circle, as Bailey had said at the very beginning of the discussion, is that if you don't take it in moderation, you're going to burn out. Um, And no matter what you do, no matter if it's something that you're passionate about, that you're going to dedicate your life to, you know, we have all heard of career burnout. We've all heard of, you know, job burnout. We've all heard of um, other, other other different types of burnout. But yes, it can happen to your favorite series, your favorite cookies, your favorite meal, consume, but consume in moderation. And that starts with you recognizing what you can handle and knowing when to walk away. Fantastic discussion, you guys. I loved it. Thank you so much. Uh, Let's go ahead and get into another segment. It's called Quarantining with Potter. (laughs) Yes, yes, we're very creative with our names here. Let's go ahead and talk about which character we would like to be quarantined with and why. I guess I'll kick this one off. Um, I would like to be quarantined with Albus Dumbledore. As much as I really dislike Dumbledore, I would love to sit there and have him teach me things, you know, answer questions, all that good stuff. I think it would be the perfect time to kind of maybe brush up on knowledge, general knowledge. Dumbledore has a lot of it and why things are the way they are. And Dumbledore can speak to me in riddles because obviously I would have time to be able to to uh, to go through those and to decipher them and know what they mean. But yeah, I would like to be quarantined with Dumbledore. I think he'd be cool. I think I, I think I could teach Dumbledore a, a couple of things. He would definitely be someone interesting to quarantine with. Um, but I think I would prefer to quarantine with Hermione Granger because I think we could just sit there and read books. quietly reading our books together <laughs> and enjoying our time in isolation together in silence and you know occasionally having like deep thought out discussions on what we're reading <laughs> <laughs> that's such a perfect answer i could totally see bailey and hermione sitting in the common room right now mm-hmm. when harry and ron walking through the portrait door saying something stupid that they had done something like completely idiotic and then Bailey just turning to Hermione and going, boys. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. So I'd like to think that under a time of quarantine in the Harry Potter world, all of the Weasleys would be together at home. And I think you could not possibly be bored quarantining with all of the Weasleys. Yes, oh you stole my answer. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's the best. Molly would definitely be baking some like fresh baked breads and mm-hmm. crafting and there would just always be chaos of some sort. You just couldn't be bored there. There's plenty of people to hang out with. Oh my gosh, it'd be the best. Maybe oh. it's not truly quarantining because of all the people, but if, <laughs> as long as you don't go out... Uh, you know, around any of the muggles, you you just stay in your burrow. You're good. (laughs) Yes. So Carly and I will be at the burrow. Y'all can go wherever, but we're going to be hanging out with the (laughs) weekly. Even better now that you're going to be there. Yes. (laughs) I was definitely going to say that. Or in the alternative, if I had to pick a Weasley, I want a two for one special and I want Fred and George because I feel like that would just be so much fun. But also Fred and George are definitely emotionally intelligent enough to the point where if I needed a breather, I needed just a talk. They would provide that for me too. But just 
the laughter, which I think is what we need so much of is definitely with Fred and George, but the borough for sure. If I could quarantine anywhere, I'd be at the borough in a heartbeat. Love it. (laughs) I am kind of wondering right now how you brought brought up social distancing. I'm wondering how you would do that at Hogwarts. And it just really kind of occurred to me, there was an educational decree that Umbridge had enacted at Hogwarts says no (laughs) student shall be within how much, like three feet of each other or something like six feet. Oh my God. I can't remember this. I have to look this up. (laughs) Yeah. I can't remember the exact footage, but her whole point was to make sure there was no canoodling going on. Let's see here. Oh, okay. She was just trying to protect the students from coronavirus. Educational decree number 26. It says this educational decree forbade students, forbade male students to get any, to get closer than six inches of female students and vice versa. (laughs) Honestly, all that makes me think is that the gays and lesbians of Hogwarts were in the clear. (laughs) She was not LGBTQ sensitive at all. Free pass, right? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay, well, let's play Avada Kedavra, Amortentia, Imperio. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give to Bailey. Bailey will give to Alex. Alex will give to Carly. And Carly, you'll go ahead and toss it back to me. So, Bailey, here are your three. Please make it easy. <laughs> let's see. The first one is going to be Herpo the Fowl, Nicholas Flamel, and Bunty. This is not easy at all. <sighs> okay, I guess I'm going to... A.K. Herpo the Fowl before he creates the Basilisk, just because, like, that's too much power in one creature. That's not anything that we need in this world. <laughs> um, despite the fact that my last name is Riddle and I probably could talk to snakes, um, it's just not anything that we need. Um, I'm going to Imperio, poor Bunty. Just because she is already so helpful to Newt and I am going to have her do all of the cleaning and organizing around my house because it could use it a little bit. And that means, who is my last person? I don't even, oh, Nicholas Flamel. Nicholas Flamel's mind. Oh my goodness. He, that alone is just so attractive to me. So I am going to Amortentia Nicholas Flamel. She's got a thing for older guys. (laughs) <laughs> like luke is that much older oh my goodness oh my gosh Ugh, judge me why don't you okay alex are you ready so ready as i'll ever be uh, okay so we have cormac mcclagan <laughs> and victor crumb <laughs> this is so good and harry potter oh Definitely going to Avada Kedavra Cormac. Um, it just is awful. I'm so sorry. Um, that was ruthless. Uh, I am going to Imperio Victor Crumb. Um, he's got some good connections. He's a little burly. I need some stuff done. He's got it. Um, and I, I'm so sorry, Ginny Weasley, but I'm going to Amortentia Harry Potter because I have had the biggest crush on Harry Potter since I was like 10 years old. So yes, please. Um, that was a no brainer. Whew. That was a good one, Bailey. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> All right. So I'm given to Miss Colley. Um, okay. So 
Because, dearest Carly, um, so for listeners who don't know, Carly is one of my very good friends who's a very big Harry Potter fan. So one thing I know and love about Carly is that she is a big animal lover. Um, And so I'm going to give you some creatures, but I promise (gasps) they're easy. Um, So the giant squid um, in the lake. Um, I'm going to give you Buckbeak and I'm going to give you Fox the Phoenix. Oh gosh. I just, oh my goodness. <laughs> Those are all easy characters, but now I'm like, I know. What I, I realized as this? I was saying it, I was like, this might actually be kind of hard. Oops. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. Well, if I have to do this, I would probably, um, Amortensia Buckbeak because mm-hmm. I just love him. And I, I, I want, I would like to think that he would, he would accept me and allow me to come up and pet him. <laughs> <laughs> so I would do that. Um, I would, I guess, Im- Imperial Fox, just because I don't want to Avada Kedavra him. <laughs> Um, and sorry, giant squid, Avada Kedavra. <laughs> oh, buddy. The giant squid feeds a family of 12. Where are the Weasleys? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an image I can't get out of my head now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Talk oh. about giant calamari. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then I guess I am giving... Terrence three as well. Okay. So I I apologize if these are any repeats from like previous episodes, but um, just these were the first three that sounded kind of funny put together that came to mind. Uh, Rita Skeeter, Bellatrix and Petunia. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That's a great lineup. Good choices. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, So I, oh, wow, this is tough. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) So I'm going to Avada Kedavra Petunia uh, because she just was a very hateful person. She uh, could have treated Harry a little bit better. She needs to get over that Harry was not the reason why she didn't get into Hogwarts and she needs to get over her jealousy issues uh, of Lily getting into Hogwarts and she didn't. So that's that. Rita Skeeter, I'm going to have to uh, Amortentia because I love me some good journalism. Sydney would be so proud of you. I know she would. She would be. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Oh. <laughs> uh, and we know how she has an affinity for broom closets, so that could be fun. <laughs> oh my God. And okay. I would Imperial Bellatrix because she is one badass Death Eater. Um, she doesn't care about anything. She doesn't care about what she has to do to be able to get whatever she wants to get. So if I give her a task, I can have full faith that it would get done and complete. Wow. Fair. Those were, Pretty fair. Those were tough. <laughs> they really were. Well, it has been a fun show today. And... Carly, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. 
episode. I hope you had a lot of fun. Oh, I had the best time. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, that is about it. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Once again, I'm Terrence Pinkston. I'm Bailey Riddle. And I'm Alex Lohman. And we'll see you next time for episode 261. Bye-bye. That was bloody brilliant. Cards won.